the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fellow redeemed, when we focused on the Apostles' Creed a couple weeks ago, you heard that through Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, He has redeemed you, a lost, condemned person. He purchased and won you from all sin, from death, from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy and precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. Yet you also heard that because of sin, you can't believe in Jesus Christ or come to him by your own reason or strength. And that is why God sends forth the Holy Spirit, working through physical means, preached word, his sacraments. God brings to you all the benefits of Jesus' cross, which he won for you roughly 2,000 years ago. And one of the means by which the Holy Spirit calls and gathers you into his church is through holy baptism. This is the fourth chief part in our catechism and is also our focus from tonight. You may kind of already hear hints of that in our our readings and in our hymns. But following Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection and prior to his ascension to heaven, Jesus says to his disciples, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, all, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now with these words, Jesus institutes, that is, he establishes this life-giving gift, holy baptism. And it's not man's work, but it's God's work. God institutes it. God establishes it. And through water in this word, the word, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, all the benefits of the cross would be poured out upon all nations. And yet the fact that Jesus uses water as a means by which God delivers his life-giving gift to us shouldn't come as a surprise. Throughout the Old Testament, God uses water as a means of saving and cleansing his people. The primary Old Testament text in which God foreshadows baptism, we immediately are are drawn to to the flood. And also the Israelites passing through the Red Sea. And yet our Old Testament passage for this night helps us to understand this concept as well. Now, in the Old Testament, the way in which God dwelt among his people was by way of the tabernacle and eventually the temple. It was here in the tabernacle where God locates his saving presence. And in the tabernacle, there are several furnishings, right? But one of them was the bronze basin, and you heard it tonight. Filled with water, this was located between, uh, located in the courtyard between the altar 
in the tent of meeting. And prior to going into the tent of meeting or coming near the altar to minister, God tells Moses that the priest shall wash their hands and their feet so that they may not die. Now, why do you think it is that they need to do this? Oh, it's because of sin. The confession that we make, that we're by nature sinful and unclean, applied to these priests as well. Because of sin, they weren't worthy to come into the presence of the holy, almighty God. And so before they ministered before the Lord, and they began his work of bringing forgiveness of sins and life to the people of God, the priests needed to be cleansed, specifically their hands and the feet. And this was to be a statute forever to them even to Aaron and his offspring throughout their generations, as the Lord says. Yet if there was ever a priest that didn't need to be washed, it would be Jesus. Remember our text from last week. He is the great high priest. And as true God in human flesh and blood, he's perfect without sin. And yet as the great high priest... Jesus submits himself to these waters for us sinners. It's in the waters of the Jordan River where he's baptized. And yet again, not to have his sins washed away because he's without sin. He did this in order to have the sin of the world placed upon him. Going into those baptismal waters, he takes your sin into his very flesh. He carries that sin to the cross where he's baptized. As you heard Jesus say in the first gospel, or sorry, yeah, he carries that sin to the cross where he's baptized. As you heard Jesus say in the first gospel reading for this night. Now Jesus isn't speaking of a, a baptism by water. He's speaking of a baptism, immersion in the Father's wrath for sin. As the great high priest, Jesus doesn't offer up the blood of goats and bulls to appease the Father's wrath for sin. No. He offers up his holy and precious blood as the once for all sacrifice for sin. His hands and feet were pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed on the cross for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement, as is the punishment that brings us peace. Fellow redeemed, Jesus poured out his life unto death for you. And it's in this sin atoning death that you've been baptized into. For don't you know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. 
We can confess that baptism works the forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation because the content of baptism is Jesus himself. We're not connecting the salvation given in baptism to any other salvation except for Jesus. Baptism saves because baptism is Jesus' death and resurrection for the sins of the world and the declaration of righteousness by which you're raised from the dead by Christ. The glory of baptism is that God gives you this certainty of salvation outside of yourself. A certainty that's as real as your own conception and birth by your father and mother. Baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, you're clothed with Christ's righteousness. You're joined to his death for sin and his resurrection to newness of life. And through the flood of his own blood, you're made holy, right, and good as we just sang. Not only that, but able to come before your heavenly Father without the fear of eternal death. Fellow redeemed, you have every reason to rejoice in being baptized into Christ. Baptism takes you over time and space and brings you back to where Jesus took away your sins on the cross and rose from the dead. Victorious over sin and death. Your baptism is God's way of joining you to the central event of human history. Where the righteous man brings his righteousness to you and makes you his beloved child. Baptism isn't a human work. It's a divine work. It's not a good deed that you do. It's a good deed that God does for you. For your eternal salvation. O Christian, firmly hold this gift. And give God thanks forever. It gives the power to uplift in all that you endeavor. When nothing else revives your soul, your baptism stand and makes you whole, and then in death complete you. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.